Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. At 612, a sight to behold later today as the first giant cruise ship of the season glides majestically under the Hone Bridge. You're going to need a bigger boat. I got a bigger boat for you. First of 31 port of call visits here in Milwaukee this year. You can watch, you can see it, and get used to it because Milwaukee is really solidifying itself as a cruise destination. I spoke with the director of Port Milwaukee, Jackie Q. Carter. So the Viking Octantis, it first came to Port Milwaukee in 2022. That was the inaugural season for that vessel. And uh, it's one of the, it is one of the largest ships that's able to enter the Great Lakes through the Seaway Locks. Viking now has built a second ship identical to it that will also visit Milwaukee this year, the Viking Polaris. And we're talking with Jackie Q. Carter. She's director of Port Milwaukee. One of my favorite things to see with these big cruise ships coming in, Jackie, is when it when they just barely squeeze under the Hone Bridge. I'm sure there's more clearance there than it looks like, right? Yeah, it, it, it there is. It looks really close um, when you're far away, but there's there's clearance. And those are things that... We're checking all the time, even before vessels start to build or uh, companies start to build vessels, they're looking at the engineering and, you know, where they're able to go and those clearances. So there's people who are working on that on on the other side before those ships ever see the waters. Yeah, they thought about that. Where do we want this ship to go and what does it have to get under? The Viking Octantis comes in this morning. It's got an 1130 arrival time, which I would think you'd be able to see it probably by 11 a.m. as it's coming in. Port Milwaukee lists a few great spots to watch her pull in. East Erie Street near American Family Insurance Amphitheater, the Harbor View Plaza at the end of Greenfield Avenue, and the Milwaukee County Riverfront Boat Launch Site, 600 South Water Street. So those are the recommended spots for viewing. It's also helped Milwaukee land on National Geographic's Best of the World list for places to visit in 2023. Boat Race. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Behind five scoreless innings from Rocky starter Kyle Freeland, the Brewers' offense was absolutely nowhere to be found, and they dropped their third game in a row. This one by a final score of 7-1 to to fall to 18-12 and on the season. The story of this game, in case you didn't stay up for it, the fourth inning which saw four runs cross the plate for for the Rockies against Brewer starter Eric Lauer. Just a standard inning where you just we gave too many outs. You give too many outs here, and they put together some good at bats. Eric got a big strikeout to get the two outs, but you know it's that one extra out they got that uh, ended up being the big you know big blow. The Brewers got one more try here to salvage a game against the Rockies before they head to San Francisco for another three-game set. Wade Miley does get the start today with a first pitch of two ten. Over to the NFL, where the Packers made the Jordan Love extension official on Wednesday, giving Green Bay their starter for at least the next couple of seasons. Having a hard time figuring out who won, which probably means it was a good compromise. So basically for Jordan Love, he gets to make more money than he's ever made in his career, but he gives up a year of franchise tag. His money that he can make is less than the franchise tag. However, if something bad happens and either he plays not good enough or he gets injured, he gets to make... You know, I think it was $13.5 million. Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network appearing on the Pat McAfee Show Wednesday afternoon with some contract details there. 
for the Packers' new starting quarterback. Now with that contract out of the out of the way, it's time to see some action as the Packers' rookies will take the field tomorrow for day one of rookie minicamp. Having a lot of youth is exciting because you really don't know until you get these guys in here and start to work with them. But I, I do think we've got some talented players to work with, and we'll see what they can handle. The rookie minicamp will begin on Friday afternoon, and that will conclude over the weekend. And lastly, over to the NBA, where the Boston Celtics even things up in their best-of-seven series after routing the Philadelphia 76ers by a final score of 121-87. to Coming up, how did this thing ever get made? Siding Unlimited, WTMJ News Time 618. A day that takes us through the darkness. A oh, no. Wow. That's her. That's Carrie. A day that makes us want to Nice, isn't it? It's just Leia. Say it ain't so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Star Wars. Starring Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. Yes, the Star Wars holiday show. It was prime time, CBS 1978 on this May the 4th day. I remember sitting in front of the TV with us. Yeah, it was a big, big deal back then. It had all kinds of hullabaloo involved. All the actors were part of this as well, including Harrison Ford. That's the spirit. You'll be celebrating Life Day before you know it. Yeah, so it had to do with Chewbacca <laughs> and Life Day, which life Day. which was basically Christmas. Okay. And he had a family. Star Wars Christmas. If you're yeah. going to argue the canon of this, Debbie and Vince, yes. I would suggest that you think between Empire and Jedi. Like, think in that little region. That makes region. sense. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So, <laughs> why was Although this... Although there, che- there were Ewoks, weren't there? Uh, there was a, a mini Chewbacca of kid. Oh, okay. I thought it was a new one. Okay, never mind. So, George Lucas has always claimed that he wasn't that much involved, but I spoke with Stephen Kozak, who is a producer and a director of a new documentary about this show, and he says, no, Lucas definitely was involved. The first couple of years, he was like, yeah, we made a mistake. Yeah, we should have known this. Then, like, ten years later, it's like, these guys were doing this show, and I let them do this, and then 45 years later, he doesn't even remember who the production company was, what channel it was on. <laughs> yeah, now he's come claiming that okay. he had nothing to do with it. Kozak says that's not true. Kozak is the producer and director of A Disturbance in the Force, which is airing tonight at the Oriental as part of the Milwaukee Film Festival, where they dive deep into this primetime episode of Star Wars. He says that Lucas not only was involved, but he convinced Harrison Ford Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill, all to play a role. He was involved in it. He wrote a treatment for it, a a horrific treatment that we explore (laughs) in the documentary that includes Raquel Welch as an imperial spy. I mean, (laughs) look at this treatment. It's so much weirder than wound up happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so Welch wasn't in it. So this could have been worse? Yes. Raquel Welch was not in the show. However... B. Arthur was. Look, I'm sorry, we are closed. The Empire just imposed a curfew on this planet. Everybody has to leave right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. Wow. <laughs> was she tending bar? Yes, she was a bar owner. <laughs> Dorothy Spornak. Yes. So the, here's what it was. It was basically a weird hybrid variety show slash story with some of it produced, some of it um, very different. Jefferson Starship 
was also part of the program. So why was this happening? Well, back then, guys, primetime variety shows like this were actually very common. The Bob Hope specials were big back okay, in the sure, 70s. Right. Kiss, the band, had done some type of show at an amusement park, and then they had like a concert that they did. And plus, the same studio that was involved also had success with a earlier program that was very similar. The same people who put together the worst special of all time literally created one of the greatest television moments ever put on tape. I don't know if you agree with that, but the David Bowie, Bing Crosby moment is something that's, to this day, it gives me shivers. It's, it's, it's so amazing. What is the David Bowie, Bing Crosby moment? This was one of those primetime shows, one of the okay. most popular Christmas songs of all time. This would be the opposite yes. of what happened with the Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> so, yeah. So they tried to do it. Now, Kozak, you know, he's very critical of everything, but he does say that, hey, you know what? At the time, it wasn't that bad. I don't think it looked as weird to people who saw it in 1978. I saw it. I didn't think it was that bad. We had low expectations for TV variety shows in 1978. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, so anyway, A Disturbance in the Force, a documentary on this very weird Star Wars holiday special is going to be held tonight. In fact, Kozak's going to be there. I spoke with him yesterday. He's looking forward to ch- chatting with all the Star Wars geeks Is tonight. it sold out? Uh, last I checked, Debbie, it was not. So oh, I'm still okay. thinking I might try to sneak in there. Yeah. We'll see. Make it a late night and see all the, see all the fun and the hullabaloo. <laughs> A um, couple of other things to note. So Jefferson Starship, like I said, was in there. There's a weird moment with um, with Chewbacca's father watching some well, kind right. of it was VR. all about Chewie's family, right? <laughs> Just very awkward. Like his wife is, plays a prominent role. Mm-hmm. Chewbacca's wife. Yes, yeah, and her name is Mara. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Right. So now you know that. Uh, I will say this, though. Kozak, very critical and all that, but he did say, hey, look, I've seen weirder when it comes to Star Wars. <laughs> as bad as the Star Wars holiday special is, that scene with Carrie Fisher flying through the air after she's dead or whatever it is in Last Jedi is by far weirder and stupider than anything in the entire, weirder than Jar Jar Binks. I mean, it's just, that is so bizarre. And this was after she was dead. They didn't even need to keep her alive. Oh. <laughs> so, totally agree on that point. <laughs> so anyway, if you want to see, uh, though, we have a 30-minute conversation with Kozak. It's fantastic. You can find it on the website. Just text the word SPECIAL to 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line SPECIAL. And we'll send you everything. The podcast, you can actually watch the holiday special, see the trailer for the this documentary tonight. It's all right there for you. On this May the 4th. At 641, if an election falls in the woods and there's no one there to hear it, does it still make a sound? Thank you. There was an election this week. Now, why they couldn't squeeze this one in with the spring general election that we just had weeks ago probably has to do with the timing of the vacancy. You had an election for Milwaukee County Board District 14 seat. So that's all in the city of Milwaukee is District 14 near South Side from about National Avenue to the north, south to Howard and then it's bordered by the freeway on the east, and I think it goes west about 20th Street there. So give you an idea of where that okay. is. This is one of two majority Latino districts in the county. Seat was vacated by a former board member, Dango Zerpa, who, according to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, quit basically because he was kind of a deadbeat supervisor. Wasn't showing up for meetings, 
questions among other supervisors about his campaign finance reports. Uh, he's his being fired as a legislative aide. So eventually the guy resigned. So that created the vacancy. They're probably not for certain on this, but why wasn't this with the other elections? Probably based on when the vacancy occurred, there was not enough time to allow for candidates to enter the race. You have gotcha. to have a certain amount of time yeah. that they can circulate their um, nominating petitions, things like that. So you had this special election okay, right in the middle of nowhere in May here. And how many people showed up? District has some 15,000 registered voters. Uh, I'm going to say 1,700. Okay. 886. Oh, okay. <laughs> they couldn't even get 1,000 people to turn out for this thing. 6% is the voter turnout there. Caroline Gomez-Tom beat Angel Sanchez. Who Sanchez had been trying to get elected to something for 20 years. He lost. To, he was, I think, a one-term alderman in the early 2000s. He beat, who was the other guy who, who he tangled with? I think they ran against each other a number of times. Would Koviak, that name sound right? Me, on the south yeah, side there? Yeah. And Sanchez stole the seat from him, and then he stole it back, and then they went back and forth, and he challenged for that seat. I think he ran for the state legislature and lost. He runs for this, he runs for that. He can't get reelected to anything. But uh, Caroline Gomez-Tom beat Sanchez, so she is now uh, the county board supervisor. County board, again, at full strength, 18 members. 644 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Behind five scoreless innings from Rocky starter Kyle Freeland, the Brewers dropped their third game in a row, this one by a final score of 7-1 to fall to 18-12 on the season. The Brewers will look to try and salvage a game here. They got one more left against the Rockies before they head out to San Francisco for a three-game set. Wade Miley gets a start today with the first pitch set for 2-10. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Brendan Snide. Believe it or not, not too long ago, the Milwaukee Bucks were once the talk of the town around the Brew City. Fast forward to where we are now, and, well, there, there isn't a whole lot to talk about. And that's also according to the team as well as Eric Name of The Athletic has reported the Bucks would not conduct exit interviews following their premature exit of the 2023 season in round one against the Miami Heat. To no one's surprise, the Bucks are catching some heat. Yes, pun intended there for not holding these interviews. I'm sorry, but I got I to gotta put this out there. Am I the only one who doesn't care about these? Do we really think something magical occurs at these interviews as the players and the coaches eagerly await their Cabo getaway after bowing out way too early after championship expectations? No, it, it doesn't. I know some folks want the Bucks to get behind a microphone and answer some questions, but the fact of the matter is this team just flat out failed. There is no secret here. Nothing will fix this. Is there something that they would tell you following an extra interview that would make you feel better? I probably lean towards no. I know there are a lot of questions and concerns for the future of Milwaukee, like will Coach Bud return? What's the outlook for a guy like Chris Middleton? And will Brooke Lopez even be a buck next year? I get it. I just don't think you get any answers from these players and coaches who are vague to begin with, and even more so when their vacation is awaiting them. Do me a favor, guys. Just relax, Bucks fans. This team is fine. They're going to be fine. It was an ugly exit for sure. I get that. I was angry as well. But not conducting exit interviews are not something I will get worked up over. 
The Bucks will be back. Sit back and enjoy the spring weather eventually when that ever happens. And just let the offseason play out. Everything is out of our control anyway. And as long as you have Giannis, everything will be A-OK. And now, another inside look at the planning committee for the King's coronation. Fearing it may be most inappropriate, but that the opportunity must be seized, would His Majesty consider wearing a garter belt? And, and, and would Your Highness perhaps have Her Majesty, the Queen, remove it in sort of a randy ceremony? And, and uh, pardon me, but if I may, if I may... Her Majesty could then fling the belt into the assembled masses, making for quite a special souvenir. This has been another look inside the planning committee of the King's Coronation. At 6.52 on Wisconsin's Morning News. You guys put me up to that. <laughs> that one was a little bit on the You don't the think that'll happen on uh, Saturday? Well, I don't think it's going to happen. On Wisconsin's Morning News, uh, Jen Lotta from next door at ESPN Milwaukee is hanging out for a bit before she starts her show at 7 o'clock. Thanks for stopping by. I really like that idea. It's a good idea? Well, how did it come to be a tradition at weddings? Like, how, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's like, a great question. Who, who thought that that was a cool idea? Here's what we'll do. We'll have you the bride sit in a chair, right? Uh, I, I just can imagine, and again, my dad, who is no longer with us, but was when I got married, me sticking my leg up on the chair as my <laughs> right, husband right. took the garter off of my thigh, twisted it around, you know, <laughs> like a helicopter, yeah. and then threw it in. I'm sure he was mortified. Imagine what would have happened had the queen done that. That would have been fantastic. It really would okay. make the coronation that much better okay we got to get to it there grego time the rocket so this is what's going to happen on saturday morning for those who are interested which apparently is one in nine people king charles will be <laughs> presented to everyone in britain saturday morning he'll be standing beside the 700 year old coronation chair which is not from a fraternity house the king will turn to face the four sides of the abbey and proclaim the undoubted king and when he does that the archbishop will say hey he's the king and then trumpets will play and everyone will shout, God save the king. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> that's the stupidest thing. And that's so, why you're here. So, hold on. So, I'm going to stand next to a chair. Yes. And then I'm going to turn four the, ways. The coronation chair. Okay, well, this is the... Right, and then I'm going to turn here and yes. here yes. and here and here. And in addition to getting myself all tied up with the cord, yeah. and now I'm the king... Yes. Now you are the king. That's so stupid. Well, in your case, you would be Her Majesty the Queen. Why don't yes. they just do it like when they knight people? That at least feels like... That feels like it makes head. sense, right? Yeah, exactly. What other ridiculous, like, arbitrary things could we do to crown people? The king's ceremonial robe will then be removed, and he will sit in the coronation chair to be anointed. So, you know, Eric keeps thinking coronation chair, rings of frat house chair. <laughs> it sounds like, like a Theta Chi thing to me. Right. I don't know. I don't know any Theta Chi. <laughs> Emphasizing the spiritual status of the sovereign, who also is the head of the Church of England. It's very old chair. There's a coronation spoon, which we'll be doing the anointing with. No. Awesome. <laughs> you made that up. Coronation spoon. There is a spoon. The archbishop will pour special <laughs> oil from the ampulla, it's a gold flask, on the coronation spoon before anointing the king in the form of a cross on his head and on his hands. I suppose it's not all that different like when someone is baptized or when someone sure. gets confirmed okay. in the Catholic Church and things like that and they do some of the oils and like but of all the utensils the spoon is the dumbest. <laughs> right. <laughs> Why this not the spatula? Right? A spatula. Or a whisk. Coronation. You know, big uh, fan of the whisk. Pardon me, Your Majesty, but if, if I may. We're not out of line for me to suggest a coronation whisk. <laughs> it's a bit more modern. 
We want to see you cook. We want to stir it up a little bit. Uh, but it, I actually really like what they do when they knight someone, right? They like take the sword. Yeah, you get the one, on the, the two. Yeah, exactly, cool. on either side. Um, what's the difference between a knight and a king? Other than the knight moves diagonally and the king can only move one space. Ooh, okay. good little... <laughs> Good little chess See, reference that's, there. That's the answer. Okay, so literally the crowning moment is next. It's the investiture. When the king will wear St. Edward's crown for the only time in his life. He only wears it once. The crown is named after a much earlier version. Uh, let's see. Coronation's from 1220, so it's an older older crown. It was made for King Charles II, who wanted a crown similar, yada, yada, yada. So he's going to wear it just once. He's the only the seventh monarch to wear it, and then he gets his own real 21st century crown. Oh, okay. okay. I was going to say, because I thought the whole point of being the king was to wear the crown. <laughs> right, all I the thought, time. You know, I was like, you get to wear it one time? <laughs> nope, that's can enough. It goes back getting, in the box. Can you imagine getting your driver's license and then being like, all right, go out, maiden voyage, and then you go out and drive, and they're like, that's it? All right, you're done. No, enough, more, no more driving call for you. Call an Uber. Could you imagine? Um, this stuff is weird. I'm not into it at all. When you guys said, oh, the coronation is this weekend, I had no idea what you That's were talking about. That's not a hot about. topic. It's the history, Jen. Jen the gave it chewy? No. Um, and I, and I, I want you to do that today. I want you to do that as a topic on your show. Just ask the guys what they know about it. <laughs> I want to hear what like Chewie says. Thirty-second segment, and there we go. You know what we talked about though is that like we'll, you know, grown adults will go to a game and wear jerseys of the players on the field, and there are also grown adults who will wear robes and crowns and be out there amongst the masses on Saturday in London watching Royals this fans. all happen. Sure, yeah. sure. Fans I, I, of look, Royals. I recognize that this might also be a generational thing. I mean, my mom has talked about when she was younger being very into the Princess Diana sure, aspect okay. of yeah, the yeah. Royals and all of that. And I know that there are shows, The Crown. So clearly there is a uh, an audience for this. I am just about as far away from that audience <laughs> as it gets. I don't know any of this. I know Meghan Markle's name. I know that oh, there's okay. a Harry and a William. There you go. And a Kate. There is. And there's yeah, some kids. Good. You know more than you think. And that, Future queen. That is about all. <laughs> That's the extent of my knowledge. Pro- promise me you'll bring it up on your show today. Yes. <laughs> and report back just to Just talk us. about the coronation. Yes. Hey, and, and just so you know, there's a coronation happening this weekend right. and see if anybody has any idea yes. what that is. Yes. And it's not Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> 657 on Wisconsin's Thank Morning you, News. Thanks for stopping by, Jen. No problem, guys. Have a great day.